Welcome back to another episode of Sketch Nerds brought to you by Bad Medicine, DC's best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. Here on Sketch Nerds, we break down sketch comedy. What works, what doesn't work, what we like, what we don't like, and why. Today, we're going to be discussing sketches from Good Neighbor Stuff and Dexter's Laboratory. You can find information about this podcast as well as the sketches we're going to be discussing at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds. Joining me, as always, are Seth Alcorn and Julian Morgan. I'm Andy Weld, and today we are happy to have as a guest, Billy Healy. How are you today, Billy? Pretty good. How about you? Good. Are you now, even better now that you said your name right? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. In Julian. preparation for the show, I didn't say Billy's name right. It's okay. Billy, can you tell us about your background in comedy? Yeah, well, uh, it all started in about uh, 2002 in my basement. Uh, me and my sister used to make little videos together. Uh, one of my starring roles was as Chris P. Bacon in 13 O'Clock News, if, you, if you've heard of that. Um, yeah. No. That was, that was, uh, no, that was the uh, Healy Basement Comedy Network, oh, yeah, right? Well, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Seth gets it. But uh, yeah, and after that, I uh, started doing uh, the one-act comedy plays at uh, my high school. And then went to University of Maryland, uh, did four years of sketch comedy there. The fighting Terps. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what they say. And uh, now I'm uh, kicking it with bad medicine. What was your favorite thing that happened while you were at the University of Maryland? Favorite thing? Or the funniest thing that happened in your tenure at the University of Maryland, College Park. College, okay, thanks for uh, specifying. Yeah, I guess... Uh, you ain't no golden retriever, I know that. <laughs> yeah, uh... My favorite thing that happened, I guess, was sneaking into Bird Stadium. Is that the football stadium? Football stadium, if, you, if, you, if it wasn't obvious from the name. Yeah. I and, thought it was uh, the aviation stadium. <laughs> that's, what, uh, that's, what the, that's what people say. Because, but uh, yeah, so sneaked in there at night as a, being a bad boy. I'm usually uh, pretty straight edge. So, you know, that was a thrill. And uh, that was probably the best or coolest memory I have from being at Maryland. Did you do anything after you broke into the stadium? Uh, probably took shots of Burnett's out of Dixie Cups, like any other freshman. <laughs> Burnett's, God. Yeah. What's Burnett's? <laughs> like very low quality alcohol. Very low. Yeah. Quality. Well, yes, but what kind of alcohol? I, oh, I got that it was vodka. 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 Oh, vodka. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Seth was Seth was drinking like freaking water. Lemon, yeah, water and soda. Freaking <laughs> <laughs> like high class scotch. Sorry. Yeah, Andy. we were. Uh, yeah, we were highfalutin freshmen at University of Maryland for sure. Highfalutin, to be sure. All right, now uh, can you introduce our first sketch? All right, uh, so the sketch I brought in is called Toast by Good Neighbor. And uh, here's a little synopsis. It's uh, in this 2011 sketch, friends Beck and Nick try to wrap up their Saturday night pregame with a simple cheers, but third friend Kyle insists on drawing out the gesture with his drunk, promotional babbling. After an absurdly long delay, the boys launch into their final cheers, a cheers that is far more theatrical and intricate than anticipated. And here's a clip. Great. Come on, let's cheers. cheers. I know I'm not the most cleanliest roommate in the whole world. Yeah, we know. I know we might fight sometimes over what we record on the DVR. Nick. Hey, Kyle, we have to go, man. It's almost one o'clock. Yeah, Kyle, you said enough. Just finish these and leave. Yeah, you done? Can we move on? Great. Cheers. Whoa, bing, bong, high, low, high, low, low, high, hello. Anchor drop. Oh, 
Lemon. Lime. Cherry pie. Shh, she's sleeping. All right, Billy, uh, what do you like about this sketch? Uh, what I like about this sketch is uh, I think, uh, like a lot of Good Neighbors sketches, they don't necessarily conform to the, the rules of sketch comedy. And uh, while these are some reasons why I think they're very niche and a lot of people don't like them, like, for instance, the, the way uh, in this sketch in particular, it's about 90 seconds of buildup before we get into the meat of the sketch. And a lot of people kind of tune out before they even get to the the really fun part. But to me, I like this commitment to, this commitment to non-commitment to the sketch structure. And uh, they're just goofy. Uh, that's another thing, I guess, that makes it niche, is they're kind of, you could, you could say they're sometimes silly for the sake of a silly sake, but that's something that I uh, think is to be cherished. That, that's what I like about Good Neighbor. Yeah, yeah. That's and they also do what they also just kind of make fun of like bro kind of culture a little bit. Mm. Like and they're playing drinking games. Where they're they're just like I, I love how they like take that little bit, set it up, and then they completely just go in another direction with it. They really take like subversion to an absurdist nth degree. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the role that the uh, the fake out played in this uh, this particular sketch because uh, ninety seconds of buildup you were talking about is long enough to be like, okay, this is, I mean, this is kind of funny. We see what's happening. And to believe that that is going to be the entire sketch. Mm -hmm. And then they get into the the actual cheers, which is something like three times as long <laughs> yeah, as, yeah. as Kyle's <laughs> maudlin speeches or whatever yeah. it is. And then they continue to do that, especially I'm thinking in the, the ex-girlfriend part. Right. When Beck Bennett's ex-girlfriend says that, you know, she's dating a friend of his and they act that as though that is new information. And so there's just enough of a, wait, is this, are they, are they still? And then they go right back into the cheer. So of course it was, but they, they did that very well throughout the entire sketch. And that happens again with the beast bit right? at the end. Yep. When the mm -hmm. beast comes out, you think, oh, well, this beast, who's clearly a man in a costume, yep. <laughs> like it, it like right. very humanoid, like yep. <laughs> mauls them. Yep. Uh, and then they're lying dead on the, f the ground. And uh, then they just get right back up and finish. Yep. And then it's off to the night ahead with their clothes all tattered as well. And the fake blood. That was right. actually one of the, the best things about that part is that in the, uh, in the filming, of course, the camera has fallen off whatever was holding it up. It's on its side. It's on the kitchen floor. And you see sprays of blood. So again, you're assuming, oh, okay, well, that's how this sketch ends. They got in over their heads with this cheers and something has killed them. But no, that is also part of this absurdly long drinking ritual. Do you think they did that uh, with a cut or with no cut? I heard uh, it was all in one shot. I've seen a lot of YouTube comments about that. And you know, YouTube comments are meant to be trusted. Uh, so I'm going to say it was uh, one shot. Because there is, when the camera falls, there's a fuzzy moment on the camera, which could just be something they just edited in post for that effect, but it could also be a way to cover a cut. Yeah, they, uh, they also true. they also um, added in, in post like the, the the creature sounds and then the, yeah. them screaming as well. Mm -hmm. like, they, but I also believe it was done in one shot. It certainly looks like it. It yeah. really does. Well, uh, and, and on that kind of in one shot, let's talk about the cameraman as a character in mm. this sketch. Yeah. Because you have these, you have your three guys, your main guys, uh, Kyle, Beck, and Nick, uh, and then you have the three ex-girlfriends that come in. But the cameraman really is a character in this, much in the way that in Friends, New York City is really a character. <laughs> um, 
This is like Are, the most annoying thing anyone ever says about friends. Did you did you almost throw up in your mouth? Because I, I oh I mean I, 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 I yeah yeah. Okay. yeah I mean a little bit. Um, but you, the first sense we get that the cameraman is a character is when they say, "Come on, it's almost one," and then the camera just pans over. It's like a clearly human motion. It's not a, like a clean mechanical pan. It's like a dip and a pan over to a clock that shows that it's twelve fifty nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, towards the end of this sketch, you hear the cameraman say, "Oh, what the?" F-? He says something like, uh, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" When he puts the yeah. camera down. Uh, yeah. I assumed that he was the beast. That's Th- that's why he, what I was he had to put the camera down really quick and go make sure. It does that happen no, pretty quickly. I was wondering if that on. might have been it, the case. It, it's actually two different people because at the end, when the beast, you see the beast's feet walk away, you see the cameraman's feet come in almost uh, a couple okay. minutes, a couple seconds oh, that's afterwards. Good. Well spotted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another interesting question that all of this brings up is when they when it's revealed that the cameraman it seems like is kind of one of their friends and is in on this and is a it's a, he's a part of the sketch is whether or not they are actually about to go out drinking what like what the universe of the sketch is is this a weird ritual like something they're I mean it's so theatrical and intricate like I said in my description mm. and uh that that you kind of wonder, is this just something they do for themselves? And it's like a weird fetish is the wrong word, but it's something along those <laughs> no, lines. No, it's not. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a number of a, a number of senses of fetish, and you're right. Yes, this their their ritual could be one of them. Um can I can I ask this because I am uh, old and was never hip even when I was young. Is it a thing when you're in college to pregame and then go out to a party at one in the morning? I mean, is that something that I think that's a little <laughs> late? I think that's a little on the late end. I think you're pregaming and go, going out around ten, maybe. Yeah, because mm, one yeah. one uh, in the morning, it seems like okay. So you're going to get to the party and everybody's going only to in New York, baby. All right. Are, are we still on this? Is New York City no, a New character York City in this is a sketch? character in this podcast? They're in L.A. Uh, I, I, I've no. seen enough, and by enough, I mean two, to know that they're in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very, it's, the kitchen is very revealing of the Los Angeles setting. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, to the point that you were making, I think that that ritual element or like what the universe is happening here, there is some kind of question of basically what is, the, like in terms of the logical consistency of the universe, what does the cameraman know? Because he get, he seemingly gets frustrated to put down the camera but then he comes back, picks up the camera, and films the end. Or is he just filming the carnage of his friends, and they happen to get back up? What, it, like, or is this just a logical blip, and I'm spending too much time thinking about it? Is the cameraman's – is his blurting out uh, what the what the fuck yeah, or whatever yeah. it is, and his going away just part of the cheer? I mean, I would believe yeah. that having seen the cheer. Yeah. Right. I mean, the way they end it, I mean – they all actually, they do a cheers. So, I mean, it's all included in that ritual. And then ironically, they, they don't drink the beer. No. Right. I thought it was a great beat. Uh, they don't drink the beer. So that's, that's another thing that kind of makes me wonder that are they actually going out or like, it, it just, there's yeah, just so much what's weird real? Yeah. about, no, nothing makes sense about this. Do they have to film it every time? I mean, because yeah. this to me yeah. look, looks like it is supposed to be one of those things where these three guys are roommates and they're hanging out. And they started doing a little thing when they drank a beer, and then it, somebody did something funny once, and then that got added. You and just keep adding, and just to keep it every adding time, and adding right. and adding. It's like, oh yeah, hey, remember that one time when that dude was filming it, and then he he dropped the camera, and then he came back, like yeah. So that is now part of this thing that they do. Well, and I wonder, then, kind of building on that, if 
when Nick and Beck are waiting for Kyle to be done, if they're really waiting for him because they want to go out or because they want to get to the toast, like what are mm. they annoyed that Beck is keeping them from? That's a good observation. I think that they're Thank annoyed you, Billy. that, he's, that uh, he's keeping them from the toast. That's how it read to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because it's like, and, and maybe that is uh, part of the wanting to go out thing, but they know this thing is going to take them, you know, like four minutes to get through. So if they're going to go out, you know, they have to get they to gotta this do at it some now. point. Yeah. And, and again, that is part of the humor there is that they are unwilling to listen to their friends' drunken but heartfelt sentiments they're in a rush to get to this weird, weird thing that they do. Yeah, how drunk yeah. is Kyle? Is he drunk? Because then he goes and does yeah. this uh, this very complicated thing, or is Kyle just kind of playing a sappy guy? Is he playing drunk to be able to have this moment of uh, openness? Which, like, you know, we could get into a discussion of masculinity if we wanted to. But is, is Kyle drunk? Uh, is this muscle memory that he's just so good at it? He can do this no matter what? Uh, what do you think? Julian. Yeah, so I honestly, like, after watching it, I think the lead up to it is also part of the ritual. Yeah, like, um, very definitely a possibility. Yeah, right. even at the very end of the sketch, where they where they get back into their normal personalities, he he still seems like he's fine, like he's not drunk at all. He's just like, I need to get my coat, like, and walks away. Even that, just like the one little line the way he delivers it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like he's like you know drunk or fucked up. But it's like I want to say it's like Seth said, like they just they 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 just found something and they just kept building on it, building on it, building on it over time. And then that also became part of the the whole toast, and and that, that and that's what kind of what really uh, made this funny to me, and because maybe question like what's real, because like like do, do like do that is 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 them uh, is back at the end when he says I'm not paying for the cab this time, and then you know everyone else uh, leaves like is that also part of it? Like I, I, keep, I keep waiting for something else to happen, right? Yeah. Do we see anything that's not a part of it? Yeah. Well, let's let's talk real quick about uh, if there are any weaknesses or things we change in this sketch. Uh, Billy, is there anything that you thought was was particularly weak or that you would have wanted to see and done differently? Did you like the ending? Yeah, I mean, I'm of course I'm extremely biased. I, I love this sketch, and I kind of mentioned this before, but I, I so I think to more of a general audience um, who's watching this. Um, they would be a bit annoyed with how long it takes to get to the the game of the sketch, even though we're kind of what we were just discussing is where does the game start? I think the whole thing might be the game, but yeah. yeah so I guess they could probably it would still be absurdly long. They could cut off that that thirty seconds of the a minute thirty it takes to get into the meat of the sketch and still have that same effect. I think. And same thing with the end, especially I think a scene that lingers is the um, the violent, you know. That's, uh, well, not that scene, but, you know, when they're getting all bloodied up and the, the camera's on the floor for, like, 15 seconds laying motionless. Uh, yeah, so I think there's there's some um, cutting they could do uh, in general that and still have the same effect. But as a hardcore fan of them, I uh, say, you know, push it to the limit. Yeah, that's, that's one thing. I, I, I almost almost thought the same thing, too, about maybe cutting the uh, Kyle's part because it has five beats, <laughs> His whole speech has five beats, and that's like that's a sketch in and of itself, right? Mm -hmm. But then it also that also sets up the really long, extravagant thing that they're they're gonna do eventually anyway. So like to me, it works. It just like it just makes sense. And yeah, if if you're just a regular coming in from the I guess they call it like a what dinner time comedy viewers, like where people come from dinner to watch like live oh, sure. comedy or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, they they probably won't get it. But like I think it just. I think it works because Good Neighbor has like one of those 
they're one of those uh, comedy groups where like they're kind of like Tim and Eric, where their style is the is the joke. Uh, and I think kind of building off what the two of you said, but I think they could have cut like thirty seconds to forty five seconds from Kyle's stuff. And like a minute or so from the Patter song. I don't think the stuff with the taxi driver, like at a certain point, it's established that this is still going and going and going. And once once it's established, and then and then you could debate whether or not, okay, there's a whole other layer of humor because they just kept going with it. Mm-hmm. But one point of view would be, once we know that this is this ridiculous ritual, you understand that in two minutes rather than in three minutes. That's true. I... Think I understand why they had the the cutaway, but at the same time, in the in the interests of, um, I guess, in the interests of brevity, I mean, it would have been fine, like to see them getting because nobody thinks they're actually getting slaughtered by the dude in the ape suit, right? So they could just do this thing where they're screaming and he's flailing and they're changing into blood-soaked clothes and they all fall down. Like that could have been on camera. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I also wasn't sure why we had before that the drop so that we could only see them from like the knees to the shoulders mm. uh, yeah. leading up to that part. It was really, so I was like, I'm not, okay, I'm not sure what this adds. Now, having said that and having experience with only one other um, Good Neighbor stuff sketch, I, I like that this had a button on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my mom's a MILF just sort of peters out. Trailed off into weirdness. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, again, like I, I think the camera dropping, making the camera guy a a character that's there, it just adds to the whole like, is this real or not? Like that uh, to me, that's just what makes it even more funny. And I think we even got to um, something like uh, about repetition in um, a, a previous episode where it's like, sorry, he's waiting for me, to, and he's waiting for me to stop talking. What? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, but like, um, where where repetition just sort of establishes the. For the audience, they're waiting for they wait they're waiting for it to be undercut. Re- repetition creates a um, expectation, and the audience is waiting for us to subvert it, and they never do. And that's and that 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 kind of just builds the mystique of the sketch for me. Except they do twice with the ex girlfriend bit, and then the mauling bit. Yeah, because right. It's suddenly, is this still part of the bit? Yeah, yeah, and it is. This podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy troupe Bad Medicine, DC's best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. Visit badmedicinecomedy.com for info about live shows, workshops, and t-shirts for people who love comedy. For our second sketch of the day, I'm throwing it over to Julian. All right, guys. Um, I decided to take a break and give you guys a break because uh, I normally bring in some pretty heavy shit. So this time... Keeping it we, light. We, Julian, we do that? No, yeah. you do that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I do that. I bring in some <laughs> fuck, fucked up shit. But uh, it's all in good fun. I'm just fucking with you guys. So I brought in a sketch. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows, Dexter's Laboratory. It was on Cartoon Network. And in this sketch, while in French class, the, the, the sketch is called uh, The Big Cheese. In this sketch, while in French class, Dexter finds out there's a huge test the next day. Although he's completely unprepared, Dexter confidently shrugs it off, thinking he can just build something crazy that can help him learn French in one night. But true to form, a small detail throws the entire endeavor off the track. And And here's a clip. Here's a clip. (laughs) Morning, Dexter. Omelette de fromage. Morning, Poophead. Omelette de fromage. Omelette de... 
Dexter? What's my name? Oh, let do for a mosh. That's all you can say! 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 Yeah, cool. Uh, so um I brought this because like it's something I, I think about all the time when I'm when I'm writing. And it's it's just like Cheese omelets? Uh, cheese, uh, yeah. Cheese <laughs> omelets. I mean, who doesn't? They're delicious. <laughs> but what this sketch, so Dexter, like the, the show, the way, it's, the way it's set up, it's like a sketch show. The format of each episode is there, there's three segments. They're about eight minutes long. And um, each like, little segment kind of follows the same, same framework as sketches do. In this case, I think you could really see it where you start with the unusual thing and then you heighten it all the way to its logical conclusion, and then you button it at the end. We went way past logical in this sketch. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's no more absurd than some of the other. Oh no, absolutely not. But right. I, I guess that that kind of brings me to the first thing I thought about after watching this: is this a sketch? It has and what makes it a what makes something a sketch mm. versus you know part of a TV show or a skit. And there's a lot, I mean, that's, that's probably less differentiation there, but right. is this a sketch? Seth? No, uh, I was just going to say it has been a while since we beat up on Julian for his choices. <laughs> that's, that's not what I'm doing. I'm, no, no, I know. I, I, I know you're not. Um, <laughs> that is, comes later. Is this a sketch? I, I'm going to have to say no, it's not. So we, we should cancel the episode? We should cancel the episode. <laughs> okay. In fact, we should cancel the whole series. Uh, we're done. No. Um, it's not a sketch because when Julian was giving his introduction, it, the sketch, or no, sorry, the segment depends on something that we didn't actually see, right? The segment that we saw. Oh, sorry. In, in the clip I sent you guys, um, that it's like, it's like a, I, I couldn't find the actual Right. No, I thing. had the same problem. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we, we do, in the episode, we do see that there's a French test. He's right. in French class. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's like, it. It's really similar to one. It has a premise and it works that premise, but I'm not sure that it's a sketch. Uh, we have to fucking define sketch now? No, All right, I didn't. Like, yeah. Well, maybe. We sure, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things that it made me think about, and maybe that's not a sketch, is because of the things about the world you kind of already have to know yeah. to get what's going on. You have to know that Dexter is a boy genius to understand the nature that he's got this machine on his head while he's falling asleep. You have to understand that Dee Dee is this horrible, annoying sister character. Yeah. And then you have to understand that the importance of his laboratory to him, which you don't see in this in this uh, clip. You see the locked doors to the laboratory, but you don't see the laboratory. And there are lots of sketches that have recurring characters, but you could watch any, epi any episode of Saturday Night Live with a target lady and know, like, this is funny. You don't need any background on who the target lady is to immediately recognize Kristen Wiggs being real silly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't necessarily go into this thinking it wasn't a sketch. I mean, but hearing what you guys are saying, I think I took maybe my prior knowledge of Dexter's Laboratory for granted and that I had a lot of preconceived notions about the characters and uh, their relationships and everything like that. So I guess to, to an alien who's never seen uh, Dexter's Laboratory, I guess technically maybe you wouldn't say. You would say it's not. That's a the sketch, audience. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, I but I I still think there's a lot of elements of a sketch to this, and that I guess the the general well generally I mean this is a pretty low requirement, but on totem pole, but uh, it's a pretty short 
short amount of time that this uh, takes, a few minutes, like most sketches. And uh, I mean, there's a general uh, idea that's conveyed from the beginning to the end, and it, it stays within a certain uh, kind of universe, like even outside of the general Dexter's Laboratory universe. I mean, there's a lot of definite uh, beats and, and uh, I think a button at the end, definitely. Well, yeah, so, big red um, button. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I, I uh, while I would say, I would say yeah, it's probably technically not a sketch. It's uh, pretty similar. Well, and well, here's the thing though: when we first learned that the only thing Destra can say is Amadou Fromage, he sits at the table. We don't need to know that is his family. Just all Didi does is just double down on the fact that that's all he can say, and 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 then and then that that's that sets up our expectation that oh shit, he's gonna have a horrible day because that's. All he can say. How is he going to get through the day, right? And so she she kind of sets she she creates that expectation. Do you think she gets to that too soon? He says it twice, and she knows what's going on. Do you think? Because I, I was wondering about this. Is that a problem that like she gets to it too soon, or do we have to say this is a children's show and it's maybe important to establish the obvious because it's a children's show? Well, don't we also get his reaction before? She gets it like he comes one, in. He says it once. He says it twice. twice realizes she he, calls him right. Out. So I think she's she's making her conclusion or reaching her conclusion based on her observations of him, not just that he says omelet du fromage uh, twice. By the way, is this time that we want to talk about omelet du fromage? <laughs> Let's talk about the words, Billy. What would the correct way to say an omelet with cheese be? Omelet au fromage. Au fromage. Damn. Why isn't it? Even, why even when isn't Billy it over- says it, it's kind of fucking sexy. I don't know. Well, right. why why yeah. isn't it avec fromage? We oui. uh, I don't know. Avec is with. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> well, Billy, uh, that was what we had you on for was the French knowledge here. Um, to Billy's girlfriend and her family, he's letting you down. Let's go. Let's go bigger with it for a second. Let's right. go to the uh, the absurdity of the, the nature of what's going on. We just spent a lot of time in the last sketch talking about what is in universe, like how much right. of this is part of what's going on. And so I had a little trouble following exactly what was happening or what the nature of what he was saying. Obviously, all he can say is omelet du fromage. But then the situations he's in, at first it's you have the French test that's boiled down to one question where the answer is omelet du fromage. Boom. Then you have the math question where you're trying to end up in a French city and somehow there's a French city named omelet du fromage. But then it starts getting weirder where the things, like how omelet du fromage is an answer doesn't make any sense. And what, they cut to him on a game show and he says omelet du fromage and the guy says, right again? Yeah, like how yeah. many questions have been omelet du fromage? Right, yeah. So, so it, that, that's like the golden word, like the, th- the thing that's going to work every time until you need it to work. Right, and so that that's that's, like, that's what it that's what it, it that's what it says. So yeah, but like as far as the world that that, that we've that we're building, yeah, he like has a miracle cure, and it's like I'm gonna do fromage, world peace, I'm gonna do fromage. So like yeah, like I, I think I think just like what what they do for this, and that's why I think it's a sketch, where because like as far as like Dexter Cannon is there is there Dexter Cannon? Like I don't know. Well, but, not after the end of this one. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> probably why it's not Cannon. Yeah. Oh, okay. It it was it was so absurd. Uh, and so I, I love the way you say absurd. Well, absurd. <laughs> okay, there we go. Uh, that it, to me, it was in the schoolyard when uh, the girls came up to Dexter. They're like, "Oh, French is a language of love." I'm du fromage. Whoa! And then the bullies come up. I'm du fromage. Oh, we didn't know it was like that. At that point, I'm like, "Is this going to be a dream?" 
Like, is yeah. that is that it, what's it happening? It definitely had a nightmarish feel to it. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of Dexter's has that feel, though. And yeah, but like the that that's that's why it felt sketchy to me too. Is because like it it creates a world where like this can't possibly fly in the regular world, and right. and so like it 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 doesn't really like like have like story elements to it. Where we always argue about this sometimes, like how like do sketches have story elements? Yeah, with the this and one really they, doesn't. They do, yeah, it just, doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. Imagine so that, how boring our non-recorded conversations yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so like it, it it creates a world where like anything can happen, and it has specific rules. The rule is, Amelie du Fromage is the go- golden word, golden phrase, and then come to find out, it's the one time you need to actually say something that's not Amelie du Fromage. That yeah, and, and Dexter, his family, his neighborhood, presumably the city, die in what appears to be a nuclear holocaust. At the end of uh, the end of the episode. So yeah. it's, it's good. It's good fodder for kids. I'm uh, glad yeah. that ten year old protected his lab with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, he had all kinds of stuff in there. I think he, I'm pretty sure he fought aliens once. He um, had a machine that uh, allowed a golden retriever to speak, and was very disappointed when the golden retriever was dumb. <laughs> Shocking. Yep. So, like, one thing I wanted to talk about too was like the technology. So he's like he has like like you said he has a a huge lab where like it can self destruct and demolecularize demolecularize <laughs> uh, all the stuff that's inside of it, but then to to get inside he has to give a certain phrase seems kind of weird and then also like to learn French in one day he needs a vinyl record of French like a, a French like you know yeah thing uh, now Billy this sketch is written obviously. For a cartoon show, it's written as a cartoon. Mm. Could you do it in any way in a live sketch? Uh, it would uh, definitely. Well, yeah, I think you could. Uh, it would. It would take some challenging uh, scene or partial scene changes and a lot of running around on stage. And I think you could. Uh, I mean, it's. It would definitely be a sketch that uh, your whole sketch troupe would would be a part of. But I think uh, it it could. It, it would be possible. You couldn't necessarily. Uh, convey some of the more absurdist things that are absurd things that are portrayed uh in the sketch or the dexter's episode but um yeah i think of course the exploding uh laboratory <laughs> at the end would be problematic maybe if you could do a hybrid type of thing with if you had a screen in the background right. you project that onto but uh i don't know if it would it definitely would come across pretty differently and be a challenge but i don't think it's out of the question it's funny, my uh, college sketch group did, like, the opposite version of this. Um, it was uh, a sketch called uh, Yay Andy, mm-hmm. um, where the on- I spoke to other people, but the only thing anyone said back to me was Yay Andy. Um, and it ended with me descending into madness, a phrase that I've used ten times on this podcast. Well, um, I-, I mean, it's it's apt. We are discussing sketch comedy. That is... Almost the definition of a descent into madness. So, yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, but what do you guys think? Do you think it would work on stage? This is do it, would it, you need to make significant changes? Oh yeah, you you would, and I think it could. And like Billy said, I think you need to do a hybrid. I think it need to be live action and video. But I mean, just like as a off the top of my head, you'd need the game show MC to do like a little bit more vamping to give whoever was playing Dexter time to get into position, like the, you know. And in that, you could explain how, if you could do it cleverly, um, omelet du fromage continues to be the correct answer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I think you could. I think you totally do it. It's just like you either you do it as a ton of walk-ons, or you do it as a runner, where you break it up. 
yeah. throughout the show. Um, as far as like the uh, the more like world peace and stuff like that, and the and the explosion at the end, it it, it would take some some real. I don't know, choreography. A lot of confetti, but, I think, to do yeah. the explosion. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you could just have like a sound effect of just like a like a sound effect explosion, lights out. Like even the countdown can be just like a sound effect like over, you know, speakers and stuff. It'd give you so much existential dread. You know what you <laughs> could do? You could do the countdown and then just have the lights drop at one. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to see it. It's implied. Yeah. yeah. What uh what would people change in this sketch? What would you do differently, Seth? I would change the question in the game show because it's way too close to the question that the French teacher asks and that's less funny. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's funny when the math teacher asks his question which has nothing to do with omelette du fromage and then that ends up being correct. So if if they uh, made that question a little bit more different, I think it would have been better. Billy? I don't think too much should be changed about this, but I guess perhaps um, there could have been better uh, and more um, unique the examples of how uh, the omelette fromage, uh, du fromage um, kind of fits in to the universe. I think uh, maybe they spent a little bit too much time in the schoolyard. Maybe they didn't need the the boy crew coming on coming over. That then then that part in general kind of perplexed me when they said, "Oh, we, we didn't know it was like that." I was like, "Is is that did, was that just a one like fits all thing he said to get them away?" I don't know. I was kind of confused by that. So. Um, I guess there could have been some more uh, intelligent selections of how to implement the omelette du fromage phrase, what situations to use it in. Yeah, 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 totally. I, I, I actually like the school the, the the school section because it like it just really establishes. It, you need three of them to establish that this is the well. You don't need three, but like you know, rule of threes. You you establish that this is the the law of this sketch. Like it's this, 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 these are the rules. And so, like, yeah, like the the bullies. I, I feel like maybe that, that that could have been done a little better. I think um, I think that was one of the things that hung me up on like the nature of the the phrase and the world that's happening because every other context we see him see it in omelette du fromage is like not a reasonable thing to say, but it's the correct thing to say. And in this, he's getting threatened, and he says omelette du fromage, and there's no yeah, there's no core, cause for that. I mean, and, and you pointing out that it's kind of this concept of like this golden word that fixes everything somewhat adjusts that, but. I wasn't thinking about that concept, and so it wasn't clear otherwise that that fix why that fixed it. Yeah, I mean, but like, so like even even earlier in the sketch, maybe like two beats earlier, when he when he answers the math the math question, uh, is Amla du Fromage a city in France? No. I don't think so, right? So, so like, so so they, no. they 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 set it up early that this like this is gonna work no matter what, right? And so so that's why like the the bully thing I thought maybe was a little like ambiguous because. The uh yeah the 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 math question was like on game like this is gonna work no matter what yeah. and then the bully part was kind of yeah it it, it, sh- it should have been probably more solid. Uh, I mean yeah that could have been a what, whatever you say whatever you say and then they take off immediately. Mm-hmm. That yeah, would have been a little bit yeah added some unnecessary confusion. What uh what didn't track for me was like at the end after world peace he's there's like a press conference a journalist asked like hey so uh, do you have anything to say and he says omelet. Like uh, that, like to me, like after World Peace, the press conference didn't add anything. You know, it, it was it wasn't like it didn't really track. It didn't it. go it didn't bigger. Add, it went yeah. smaller. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even say the full whole phrase. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and th- and then they show like a parade of his honor and stuff like that. I think that maybe like you could have just done the parade or just like cut to the very last scene where the word doesn't work. 
All right, it's time for the end of the show. Billy, as the guest, could you come up with a rating system for us to uh, rate the sketches we talked about today? Well, I think it would be uh, more than appropriate for the rating system to be ex-girlfriends. <laughs> as that was one of my favorite parts of my sketch. Are these the, like, is it like a number of ex-girlfriends? Is it a, is it like we should rate them with they're doing? a specific ex-girlfriend? <laughs> um, uh, let's just go with uh, the number of ex-girlfriends. Oh, that's, okay. It's uh, a classic way to go with it. All right. Less personal. <laughs> it also might be, depending on your grading, might just be worse. Like, like That's true, yeah. If is, like a, is more ex-girlfriends worse, worse than less? Yeah, or how true. do you, is this a, uh, um, you know, wow. That's a very good point you brought up. And I would Thank say... You. Technically, I brought it up. <laughs> but I continued it, really. <laughs> yeah, okay. You both win. Uh, I would say, let's do ex-girlfriends who we're still friendly with. Okay. Oh. All right. A positive spin on ex-girlfriends. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, Billy, why don't you lead us off with Toast? Well, I would uh, give Toast five ex-girlfriends that uh, I still talk to every now and then and... Uh, Sometimes we hang out, and yeah, she's pretty nice. I still like her. Cool. Five, and it's one, but you're using singular pronouns. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I know, oh. I know. This has <laughs> got, got a little got real personal yeah, real wow. quick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we got into something I hope Julian's there. not listening. All right, uh, Julian, how many ex-girlfriends would you give uh, Toast? Um, so th- this is like one of those sketches where I, the more I think about it, the more I like it. Like it the more it just makes me kind of think. So I'm gonna give it 400 ex-girlfriends. I'm, yeah, I go that deep. Wow. Yeah. Oh. That's not what they said. That's why I have 400 <laughs> girlfriends. <laughs> oh. Seth. Uh, oddly, I also have uh, five ex-girlfriends with whom I'm friendly. Uh, but nice. in uh, really the way it works out, I, it's really only about four and a half. So I'm gonna give it the full four and a half ex-girlfriends. The full four and a half wow. ex-girlfriends. Did you give the, the girlfriends the full four and a half? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> I, I did give it to your mom last night. Oh, wow, that was just oh, sad. that's lazy, <laughs> lazy, <on>. lazy, <laughs> lazy. My joke, smart. <laughs> Julian's joke, smart. Your joke, a crock of shit. <laughs> I'm, I'd I'm, give it three ex girlfriends. I have a positive relationship with <laughs> Steph one, not Steph two, <laughs> um, and others. <laughs> And uh, now let's talk about how we would rate um, Dexter's Laboratory, The Big Cheese. Seth, what would you rate The Big Cheese out of ex-girlfriends? Oh, that's uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, I am going to go, I'm going to go with three ex-girlfriends. All right. And for the record, I am not friendly with these three. Okay. (laughs) What? Oh, damn. All Uh, right. Yeah. This is my childhood we're talking about. All right. Hey, man, it's my college years. <laughs> uh, Billy, how many ex-girlfriends did you give this sketch? I'd give a, a nice even four and three quarters ex-girlfriends. Which three quarters? The top three quarters or the bottom three quarters? A mix and match. Oh, okay. Yeah. So some middle <laughs> section is gone. Yeah, yeah. It's just a wheelbarrow of body parts. <laughs> <laughs> Not friendly with all the whole part of the fifth one. Perhaps uh, the, the number of body parts you could put in a box. Yeah, right. Girlfriend body. Yeah, let's. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about. That. Uh, I would probably give this one. Uh, let's go with uh, two ex-girlfriends that I'm still friendly with. So I like toast better, but only by a third. I guess <laughs> that's go. how the scale works. Uh, Julian? Um, of course I would give it 5,000 body parts because 
It's like it's, it's like you like, don't even try. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I mean, it's it's better than the other option. The last time we used body parts, how many ex girlfriends have those? Of, of, of make up that make up five thousand body parts. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm not good at math, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna do fromage. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Sketch Nerds. A special thanks to our guest Billy Healy for being on today's show. Billy, where can listeners find you online? Uh, yeah, you could check me out on the old Twitter uh, at bdogsizzle. That's B-O- Oh, not B-O. <laughs> oh, wow. That's B-D-O-G-S-I-Z-Z-L-E and at um, my own Tumblr, which is uh, www.billyhealy.tumblr.com, I believe. Something like that. You'll find it. What do you tumble? What? What do you tumble? Do you like, tumble you weed? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mostly. And also some comedy stuff. Awesome. Is it like like articles or is it? Uh, yeah, some things I've tried to submit to McSweeney's and failed, of course. And uh, some old videos I've made. And uh, yeah, not too much there yet. I started it not too long ago, but you have a lot to look forward to if you check it out. Just like listeners of this show have a lot to look forward to. <laughs> listeners, please like, share, and subscribe. If you have a sketch that you're interested in us breaking down, please send it to us. We'd love to do that. You can find out more about Sketch Nerds and Bad Medicine at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds, where you can also find links to the sketches that we discussed today. You can find this podcast and previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For Billy Healy, Seth Alcorn, and Julian Morgan, I'm Andy Weld. Thanks for listening to Sketch Nerds. This episode was produced by Isaiah Hedden and recorded in Washington, D.C. The closing music tracks were provided by soundtrackforeverything.com. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. The Sketch Nerds podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy group Bad Medicine, D.C.'s best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. For showtimes, videos, and funny t-shirts, please visit badmedicinecomedy.com.